everybody, welcome back. Let's roll some d20s and figure out if Chowder is gonna do the recap. <laughs> All right, let's see. If everybody got complacent and started counting on Chowder. Oh no. 18! Oh! 18! I got a four! 18! I got a seven. Oh. Holy shit, I thought I was gonna have to do it. I got an 11, I'm good right now. Yes, it's me! Mr. Matthew! Oh, this is- oh, you were just working on the episode, so you got this. Yeah, you got good. this. Uh-huh. Locked in. I wish I had gotten a 20 and then I could have picked Chowder, but I guess, you know, <laughs> dreams don't always come true. Matthew, uh, enlighten us as to what we did in our last session of Dicey Waters. We were separated into different groups. You had Mr. Locke and you had Jetta trying to figure out crystals in the fountain. They ended up trying to smash it and do some other stuff, but eventually casting higher level magics into the crystals brought them into this, I guess, weird like pseudo reality where they could kind of pick which timeline they wanted to go to. They did that after Locke activated his fountain and they were back in the central corrupted sort of multi-time town. That's where they did that. Yep. So then Colt and Maeve eventually kind of got into the same kind of predicament where they were dealing with Sister Yanis. There was a whole lot of back and forth going between timelines, but eventually we all converged into a single timeline where we were in, all in the church and the fountain that was barren was now covered with the pink crystals. A little uh, additional context just to make sure you guys know exactly where you are as we start. Jetta and Locke, you grabbed Yanis from the rainy timeline and tried to bring her into the weird void super reality bubble with you. She did not come with you. Where you all eventually converged was in the sunset timeline. The one where Lori ran into Locke and then eventually looped back and ran into Maeve and Colt and then ran into Colt a million more times. Yep. That is the reality in which you discovered all of these crazy notes by Yanis. And as everyone is pouring through the notes, making a plan of what to do next, Maeve spots the fountain now covered in crystal. Everybody else, you're poking around the room, again, surrounded by scrawlings, notebooks. You've glanced at it, but you haven't thoroughly investigated. What do you all do? So we need to get to the Yanis timeline because, like, I don't know what's going on, but, like, it seems like Yanis is behind all this somehow. How do we do that exactly? Anybody any idea? Huh, how'd that get in there? I heed the call and look into the room with the fountain. Heed the call. Jetta, you step across the room, some of the manic papers crinkling under your feet, and you swing the door open even wider, standing just behind Maeve, and you see the exact same thing. A lovely garden, a glass ceiling with a greenhouse vibe, and a massive stone fountain in the middle with pink crystals jutting out of it in all directions, towering halfway up to the ceiling of the room. It is massive and glowing, and it is very eye-catching. You both stare at it. Cult and Locke, how do you react to the situation? Are these, like, identical to the crystals that we have in our pocketses? They are functionally the same kind of material, as far as you can tell. Locke and Jetta would know more about this material than you, Cult, but yes, that's what it would look like. Locke and Cult, after Jetta swings the door open, you step behind them and see the exact same thing. Well, looks like some interesting topiary work, I guess. <laughs> 
I'm not even paying attention to the crystal. I'm looking at the hedges at the side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not what I would have done, I suppose. But, you know, everybody has their own tastes. Call it buddy. I think I think there's something a little bit more important that you should be looking at instead of the, the landscaping going on, okay? Oh, you know, it's a big crystal. We, we see big crystals all the time. Like, that's not unusual. But this topiary, <laughs> what the fuck is this? It's worth noting that, Locke, you're the only person that has seen this before. Yeah. It is the same exact phenomenon in a different place and in a different timeline. So this is a different timeline from when I saw it in Mage Lord Place. Okay. I saw something like this in the old Mage Lord Fountain Place where we had the standoff with uh God, why can't I never remember this motherfucker's name? Strauss. Strauss, yes. Very forgettable, honestly. <laughs> in hindsight. <laughs> I had to use some pretty pretty beefy magic in order to activate it. And then some stuff started to, to happen where I started moving into the, all the different timelines and whatnot. So I wonder if each timeline has their own big crystal area and we need to maybe split up and activate them all at the same time. But how are we going to coordinate that? Maeve, as Locke is saying this, you recall the drawings you were looking at on the wall just before peeking into this door, uh, Yanis did have some clear illustrations of multiple fountains in a sort of unfinished diagram. You saw three distinct fountains drawn with lines between them. As Locke starts saying one, f one for timelines, this and that, that pops into your head. Ooh, can we, um, can we go grab those pictures really quick? The, the, the Yanis pictures? Uh, when I was in the midnight timeline, well, did the fountain I see have crystals on it? It did not. You have also seen this in the rainy timeline, and it did not have crystals on so, it. So, I don't know. I was in the midnight timeline, didn't see no crystals there. And the rainy timeline, no crystals in that fountain either. Well, that's peculiar. Is, has anybody else seen any other fountains? Any of them have crystals? Are those fountains on those on the pictures that Yanis had? When she asks this question, you don't know what she's talking about. Oh, perhaps you could point out these pictures, Maeve. There are different fountains, you're saying? Yeah, look, look at this. Look at the pictures. Maeve leads you back into the previous room, and you see amongst the sea of papers, parchment, and scrolls, Maeve points directly to one illustration hanging on the wall. Can I actually make a, uh, oh god, what the fuck kind of check would this be? I, maybe like Arcana or Investigation or something, just to see if while Matt can't put pieces together, Maeve could? <laughs> What kind of pieces are you trying to put together? Like, what are you trying to discern from this? So maybe I guess like looking for some kind of pattern, like in the, the lines between the founts, like, is it making a shape? Is there like a convergence point? You know, something like that. The illustrations are not specific enough, so I'm not going to have you roll for this. Uh, it really is kind of manic scrawling. This is like the beginning of an understanding, far, far from the end of it. Okay. But the fact that there are three of them on there does, in your mind, link very clearly to Locke's hypothesis. Okay. So what are those, the locations for those, the fountains here? They're not listed on a map. The lines are sort of drawing, I guess, relationships between them. Think of them almost as in just like a triangle with like arrows between them, circles around them, ideating that these fountains are important. They are connected and together they have a purpose. But what that purpose is or how they're related is not clearly on the page. Well... Let's let's um let's do this. Let's let's go back out to this fountain out here and everybody hold hands for a second. 
Uh, okay. Okay. Do all of you follow suit? Does anyone want to investigate further? Like, is anybody gonna ask Maeve what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I didn't want to say that exactly, but does anybody else want to exert agency in this moment, or is Maeve fully in charge? <clears throat> no. <laughs> I, honestly, I I got nothing. Yeah, sure. Let's hold hands. Okay. Goombaya, my lord. <laughs> Well, okay. So, because, Carl, you seemed a little a little scared there. I basically, I just want to try casting a, a really big spell on this fountain here just to see what happens. Because, I mean, we don't know what's going on. So, like, let's just see what happens. Okay, cool. I'll, uh... <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, as a DM, I'm going off of affirmative consent here. Like, I'm going to need you guys to chime in and respond to this. And, Colt, you did say no. So, what does Colt respond to this? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Topiary's fucking dumb over there. Maybe the next one will be better. I guess I'll kind of lead everybody out to the fountain, and then I'll grab uh, Jetta's hand, and then with my other hand, I am going to burn a fourth level spell slot into the fountain. Ooh. Ooh -hoo -hoo. We're all holding hands. We made a whole chain of hand holding. Standing there like the guardians of the fucking galaxy, you... Hold your hand out at the fountain as everybody else forms a chain to your right, and into the fountain goes the spell. Dimension door, specifically. Dimension door. You feel the energy of this familiar spell leave your hand, permeate <gasps> the crystal. The crystal begins to glow and vibrate before settling. Just for shits and giggles, I rolled wild magic. I got a one. Okay. It do be wild. <laughs> so right. I, I don't know if I should have rolled wild magic for like burning the spell slot there, but. If you would like I mean, to play with that, it is there. <laughs> yeah, please. I uh, Again, I still don't have a, a perfect grasp on how to call wild magic, so please roll. Okay. Uh, roll on roll that table. D100. I think we need to call it more because it doesn't happen often enough. Yeah, yeah. it's got to happen like at least five times an episode. I, just, I forget That's about it. Two. What the oh, a fuck? two? Okay. What, what um, do to do? Two. Roll on this table at the start of each of your turns for the next minute, ignoring this result on subsequent rolls. Oh, shit. Okay. So okay. You guys All right. just got lightning round wild magic. Oh, man. No. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. If a round of combat is six seconds, six seconds, I have to roll this ten times. Yes, that's correct. Hell yeah. You feel the spell leave your body and enter the crystal. It feels uncomfortable, not just because the crystal itself is vibrating and thrumming, but because the spell is having an effect on you that you did not anticipate. As the spell grows oh, in its no. intensity of emitting vibrations and whatnot, the crystals extend from the fountain. And Locke, you're the only one familiar with this phenomenon, so everybody else, you may have a reaction. As the crystals reach out to you and begin to envelop you, covering the entire room, the whining, the vibrating overtakes all of your sensation and everything turns to white. The sensations all subside when you land back into the center of the town square in the, as Colt described it, super position where battle scars and footsteps and pathways all seem to reflect different versions of reality humming alongside each other. Except this time, the body in the middle is lying underneath two enormous hovering pink crystals. 
It's worth noting that the body on the ground, Colt, you still see the face of Chieftain Masak lying dead on the ground in front of you. Masak. Jeddah, where you saw Sister Yanis before, you now see a hazy, unfamiliar visage that you can't quite focus your mind on. Locke, you still see nothing, and Maeve, you still see nothing, just like Jeddah. The two crystals hovering in front of you, one of them, Locke and Jeddah you're familiar with, seems to have Commander Fenwick suspended inside of it. And now the second has Yanis. Maeve, it's been a few seconds. Tell me what happens. Um, guys, there's a there's a whole lot of energy going on here. I I don't. Uh, is Maeve gonna explode? Ah, uh, I don't know. Am, am Small I gonna explode? Small crackles of seeming electricity seem to zap off of her, rolling up and down her sleeves, um, reaching toward the ground. Anybody still touching her or standing next to her feels small shocks and zaps. Ah, shit. I, I've seen this before. She's going what's called Super Saiyan. Hit the deck, <laughs> and I just take cover behind whatever I can find. For the next minute, I must shout when I speak. For the next minute, any flammable object I touch that isn't being born or carried by another creature bursts into flame. All right, no. nice. Um, I'm immune to being intoxicated by alcohol for the next uh, 5d6 days. Helpful. Oh, that's good. For the next minute, I can teleport up to 20 feet as a bonus action on each of my turns. So I'm just kind of, I, I just kind of start like yelling and stuff. There's like, ah, guys, I don't know what's going on. I just like poof up here, like behind call or something. Like, ah, oh, hello. <laughs> 34. I get to maximize the damage of the next damaging spell I cast. Joke's on you, my spells don't do damage. Oh, I am transported to the astral plane until the end of my next turn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. After which time you return to the space you previously occupied or the nearest unoccupied space if that space is occupied. So I'm like kind of poofing around. I appear yeah. behind cult and then I'm just like, oh, and then poof. <laughs> gone. I'm going to take some liberty with interpretation of the astral plane in terms of how it relates to our world and campaign mm -hmm. since we don't adhere to the strict multiverse of D&D. Especially if any Wizard of the Coast lawyers are listening. Everybody is, I'm assuming, at least mildly alarmed. Maeve, it's not like you're like, oh, I'm poofing here and there. It's your surroundings are shifting around you rapidly. And it is so utterly disorienting that when you finally land in a single location... You would think that you would feel like everything is back to normal, but instead you are lying on the ground in the spherical void that you experience when casting higher level spells into the crystal. You look around you and you see the three different versions of reality. You at least understand where you are, but it's not maybe the most welcoming place to land. So as I'm looking around kind of in wonder and also just very nervous, I turn into a potted plant. <laughs> What? <laughs> like, like, li like literally? I, uh, the 42 is I turn into a potted plant until the start yeah. of my next turn. It's a it's a reference to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. Incredible. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, so, so you land there and... <laughs> and I'm just a potted plant. As soon as you go to take an inhale and try to gather your, your bearings, you no longer inhale through your mouth, but through thousands of teeny tiny pores on your many leaves. And as you try to look down at what's going on, you have no eyes and you can look at nothing and sense only the strangeness and stillness of this astral void. Maeve has disappeared. We're in the middle of the town. Jeddah, Colt, and Locke. What do the three of you do? Oh, 
Oh, we lost her. I peeked from like where I was taking cover and like, you know, I didn't see any of the weird shit that was going on. So I'm like, oh shit, she did blow up. <laughs> oh, I mean, she didn't blow up. If she blew up, she'd be, oh, I mean, she'd still be here, just but in a lot more places at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like there'd be, you know. I mean, if, if she was like atomized, then like we wouldn't see shit. Locke, I do not want to roleplay your character for you, but especially after the conversation we had about fear and abandonment and the through line of your family, talking about Maeve exploding into a bunch of tiny pieces and being atomized probably hits you to the point that I would like you to roll a wisdom save for me. Oakley dokely. Roll for sadness. That, that is an 11. You feel a surge of reactionary anger as they talk about this, but you do not lose your cool in any way. Hey, I'm saying she didn't blow up. It's fine. <laughs> just shut up, just shut up, just shut up, just shut up, just shut up. We need to come up with a plan. Obviously, Maeve's magic has gone crazy again like it has in the past. I don't know how to do anything about that because none of us have magic that can even like find her i guess in the first place oh yeah we can find her i mean honestly i think maybe the best idea is like when you lose somebody you should kind of stick around where you last saw them so that at least they may come i mean come coming may come around what if she expects us to keep going with the plan and she's going to eventually make her way to the next set of crystals. Well, I mean, her plan was for all of us to go to the next place, and I think when she realizes uh, wherever she is, whatever happened, uh, she might be able to come back. Shit, she has the map, doesn't she? There wasn't, there, there was not a map. She, I don't know if she took the drawing, but she- The drawing, uh, she, right. Yeah. Yeah. Maeve, yeah. would you have taken any of the papers from- I did not say I did, so I did not take any. Okay, so, okay, but Locke, you wouldn't necessarily know that. You did see right. her with the paper, so you don't know. So where, do, do either of you remember where we're supposed to go now? Listen, we, we see a crystal with the anise in it. We see a crystal with the guy one of you two saw in it. Maybe we're supposed to go through crystal with, like, what's-his-name and, like, activate that crystal and get what's-his-name inside that crystal. I, well, I just don't understand. What's the point? Did, did, did anything actually happen when we activated this crystal? Because from our perspective, nothing happen except for Maeve. And it doesn't even necessarily have to mean the crystal did that. Maeve just kind of went bonkers crazy with the magic. It's all we got here. You know that Jeddah is talking about Chieftain Masak, and you two do know who that is and where to find him. Maybe not when, but where. Sorry, which timeline are we in currently? You are not in a specific timeline. Oh, okay. You are in the central version of the town that you initially saw upon coming here with a dead body in front of you and the two crystals floating in the air. Well, we could try and find out where we are, I guess, because there's no crystal near us, correct? There are the two floating in the air that yeah, have Yanis and Fenwick oh, inside gotcha. of them, but no, there's not a crystal fountain. There's only those and what you have in your pockets. Interesting. So they're floating inside of this, the crystals. Well, um, I mean, how did you, you, you have been here before? Uh. So you, you have seen these floating crystals before? Yeah. Yeah. We tried breaking out the bodies they, but are they are not reactive to magic like the other crystals or uh they keep reflecting it it uh interesting it was really bad actually Oof. i'm remembering the laughing fit <laughs> interesting there was only one before uh, there were none when you showed up 
One after you activated the previous fountain, now two after activating the second fountain. I, I say exactly that. Oh, so we need to find a third fountain. Well, I mean, we can try to go to the third one in hopes that Maeve will follow. I mean, we could also go back to the previous fountain just to see if she would pop back up. Perhaps she's still even there. I mean, her powers are very strange. I say we just move forward. I think Maeve can handle herself, probably. She's a ten-year-old child. She knows how this world works. <laughs> if she's not atomized. I'm just going to slap Jetta. <laughs> Roll an unarmed strike, whatever that is for you. You want me to actually deal damage with it? It just does one point of damage. One plus maybe strength. It's, I don't know. Yeah, it's like one. I think it's a one. It would do nine damage. I don't want to do plus, nine damage. It's plus strength. Okay. <laughs> whatever okay. he does. Yeah. So I, have, I have yeah. plus eight, remember. Okay. That's it. I, you slap Jetta. Yeah. Ah, God. What? What? We were all thinking it. Just stop. No, no. You are the only one thinking it. She is fine. We will find her later. Now let's get going. I'm fine. Get going, I guess. Which, do we remember which of the timelines we have yet to affect? Uh, I did the... We just did sunset. And then I did the... Sunset, midnight, so... So Rainy's left. Rainy, yeah. All right, uh, then I'll whip out my crystal, and I will cast a first... Because if, if, as long as it's a leveled spell, it does the thing where you get to choose, correct? That's correct. I will... I'll just pop a spell into it. Uh, blindness, deafness into... <laughs> Fantastic. I will make this rock. I choose to make it deaf. You grip the crystal and cast your spell. We are going to shift our attention back to the most potted plant of characters. Maeve, you spend a few seconds breathing in this unusual way, photosynthesizing from one third of the space in which you sit. <laughs> it almost feels like an eternity because the sensation is so alien, but you do quickly revert back to your normal form. The flood of magics and powers subside, and it strikes you that you have intentionally or not accessed this void without the direct use of a crystal. Regardless of that fact, you are completely alone here, facing the three separate realities around you. What do you do? Um, eeny, meeny, miny. And then maybe as I start to make a choice, cult pops up. <laughs> I'm gonna say that even if you wait here for a few seconds, even if you are crossing your fingers that someone will appear, it is still. Oh, um, okay. Well, I really hoped that that, uh, that that would have done something. Uh, all right, let's, uh, roll D3. I got a one. So whichever reality would have taken me to a one, that's the one that I start to walk towards. Okay. You spin around the room. Your eeny, meeny, miny, the mo lands on the breezy midnight reality, one that you have not visited yet, and you slowly walk towards it. The weird 2D sort of projection of reality on the imaginary sphere in which you stand sort of warps as you get closer and closer. Expecting to step through, you are surprised when instead of entering this reality, there is almost a physical barrier. And when you try to pass through, you are blocked by the revelation, the materialization, however you want to characterize it, of almost a pink crystalline force field of resistance that disapparates as you step away from it. But you cannot step into the midnight timeline. Behind you are the rain and the sunset-filled timelines. Um, okay, weird. 
I think I would... I can't remember. Did I go into the rainy one yet? You spent a lot of time in there uh, upon first going through. So yes, and you did as a group. You were talking about going back there. I I remember now because like we appeared and then it was raining and we were like, let's go into the temple, get out of the rain. Okay, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll head back there. You know, maybe it's like more comfortable. Like I know what's going on there, maybe. You you do exactly that. As you approach this second wall of reality, you sort of brace to be bumped again, but no such thing happens. And you feel the rain dripping on your hair and shoulders, down your clothes. You have stepped into this midday, cloudy, gray reality in the middle of town as people rush to get out of the rain. The stable boy across the way is trying to get the horses back into their stables and the the church looms behind you as it always has. But you stand here alone. What do you do? I guess if I see somebody over in the stables, I'd go over there. I imagine there's cover there that would be there for the horses. Just kind of get out of the way. You run over to the stables uh, as the stable boy is bringing the horses away. So they're not, they don't see you approach. They're sort of back around the corner, but you step under the roof of the stables, surrounded by horses. What do you do? Um, hello there. I'm just getting some cover Aren't from the rain. Aren't you supposed to be yelling? Uh, that's right. subsided. The time, minute, pa- right? the, the, the time is past. The time is past. Yeah. It's, um, maybe it's like just barely. Uh, it's still going on just a little bit. Um, hello there. <laughs> oh, well, you can't be scaring me like that. What the hell's wrong with so Oh sorry. my god. You, how is such a loud sound coming from such a, such a, a faint little thing? What are you doing? Uh, yeah, can I help you? I'm trying to get everybody nice and dry here. I'm just, yeah, well, I'm, I'm just trying to do the same. Sorry for yelling at you. I don't know what came over me You scared the bloody churns out of me. All right. Um, the the what now? Okay, we'll, we'll revisit that. <laughs> I'm all sixes and sevens, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I mean, come inside. The rain's not going to be stopping anytime soon. It's been raining for what feels like weeks. Y- you could say that. Um, <laughs> what, what's your name? Well, my name's Gask. I'm the stable boy here. And uh, frankly, I'm just really trying to keep all my horses calm. They don't really love the storms. Now, do they? And he starts affectionately brushing down the, the snout of the horse he is currently tending to. Okay, um, that's cool. Have you noticed anything, like, strange going on here? Besides, you know, me showing up and yelling? I'm sorry about that, by the way. Things have quieted down here quite a bit recently. I can't say I've seen anything too crazy aside from you. Okay, that's cool. Um, Did Maeve see Fenwick in the crystal? Yes. Give me a, a brief description of like what he looked like. So even though you're only there for a moment, you close your eyes and you try to recall the glimpse you caught of the crystal before you were warped into the void. The crystal was elongated as though to hold a human, like roughly coffin size floating in the air. Fenwick himself was essentially fully prostrate, like straight out, arms extended downward, eyes turned upward, but closed, just totally frozen there, but no sign of like injury, deformity, just the person in his regular clothes suspended in that sort of extended position. Okay, well, cause what I was looking for, like basically what he looks like, cause she's never met him before. So I'm just wanted to ask this guy. Gotcha, stable, okay, so, yeah. Commander Fenwick was, I mean, you you invented the character, so if you have a description, uh, you can lean on that. Um, um, we're looking for a guy, um, he was in like a red jacket, maybe kind of stout, 
really, uh, really bushy mustache. Do, do you have any idea who that might be? Are you, well, are you talking about the commander? I mean, he's up in the keep right where he better stay after the junk there he tried to pull. What? Um, the commander, who, who's in the keep? The horse whinnies and he tries to settle the horse. And he's like, well, the person you're describing sounds like Commander Fenwick. He's the leader of the local mage lord fucking outpost chapter, whatever they call them bloody selves. I don't care. He's all sixes and sevens. <laughs> <laughs> um, mage lords, great. Um, okay. And can, can I just walk up to the keep and go see him if I wanted to? You, you certainly can. I can't say that they'll be very receptive. Uh, not to bore you with the details, but we had a bit of a kerfuffle between ourselves, the mage lords, and some of the natives here on the island. But a few months ago, it, what was it? What was it? Flirm's Day? I don't remember. But they were. Let's just say mage lord sentiment is not very high around these parts. So proceed at your own risk. You'd be better off standing under me horses trying to keep yourself dry. Okay, um, I probably won't, but, uh... The big horses. Get them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> do you, um... One more question before I, I, uh, you know, I keep you here. Have you seen any, like, big pink rock crystal things? Uh, if I saw big pink rock crystals, I'd be so rich I wouldn't be on Arian, or I'd be trying to usurp the Gabagool Empire down on Averone. You kidding me? Get out of here. Down on where? Sorry. <laughs> Averone. It's a, it's a big, it's a big island down further south in the back. We do trade with them all the time. I mean, you could ask Cordell about it, but is uh, let's just say, if I saw what you was describing, I wouldn't be scrubbing these horses' buttholes when they can't swish them off themselves. Oh, okay. Did you say Avaro? Avaron. Avaron. Okay. I am frantically writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, it was nice to meet you. Any chance can I uh, borrow one of your horses? Oh, you could rent a horse. Okay, for how much? Uh, Ryan, how much does it usually cost to rent a horse? <laughs> I mean, this is your world. Say it's free. Right? Say it's free. I, <laughs> it's like a, it depends on time frame. I, uh, here's the thing. I never, every time I try to do anything with money, you guys jump down my throat. I don't understand the value of gold pieces. That is true. You're like, ah, oh, there's a great bounty of gold in this chest. Each of you gets two gold pieces. Yeah, no, I don't fucking know. So how much does it cost to rent a horse? Right. Like five silver. Okay. If you got five silver pieces, I'll let you take one of these off my ass for about a day. Granted, they don't like the rain, so I don't mind giving you a discount at that. Five is the discount. Five silver is the, I'm not going lower than five. I want to be very clear. Exactly five <laughs> silver pieces, not hmm. a piece less. Let me see. Okay. I kind of want to do something a little funny. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, by any chance, I could do, uh, I could make you very rich, you know. I, you seem like you don't want to be here on Arianor. I mean, if horses could ride on water, I guess I'd be on some more exciting adventures now, wouldn't I? Okay, so let me, can I Can I show you something kind of cool? Yeah, no persuasion needed. He leans in. You're the most interesting thing that's happened to him since, you know, the Strauss incident. <laughs> okay, so do you have any coin on you, perchance? Um, well, yeah, uh, yeah. He pats down his pockets and he pulls out, uh, he pulls out like a handful of silver pieces. Okay. Uh, but he, he does not extend them to you. He, he like starts to, but he pulls his hand back suspiciously. Like, What if I told you that I could make 
you as ma- many more silver pieces than the ones that you have there, out of thin air. Like, you you think you could double the pot here? Oh, certainly. How are you going to do that? Well, give me one silver piece, and I give you my word, I will make you very rich. <laughs> he does not mind parting with only one silver piece, so he cautiously hands one over to you. Thank you. I'm going to cast the creation spell. Mm-hmm. And so the flavor text of the spell is, I pull wisps of shadow material from the shadow fell to create a non-living object of uh, uh, vegetable matter within range. You can all use this spell to create mineral objects such as stone, crystal, or metal. Um, and the object created must be no larger than a five foot cube, must be of a form material you've seen before. So I would like to make silver coins. Okay. A five-foot cube of silver coins. Based on what you just said, I see no reason to say no to this. Should this prompt another roll on the wild magic? It should. And just so you know, the precious metals, they only last for an hour. (laughs) Oh, okay. I see what's going on. I see what's going on. Okay. I rolled a 19. (laughs) You rolled a 19. Fantastic. Okay. Maeve, you conjure materials from various planes across existence and create a slowly growing pile of clinking, clanking coins spilling off of each other onto the ground. And Gask is taken aback and says, Oh my bloody, what the... Oh man, this is you changed my life forever. Take the dang hot dad, Mary. Come over here. This is my finest <laughs> horse. You can take him. Run wherever the heck you want. He starts getting buckets and like Wait. dumping horse food out on the ground and just scooping the coins up. Cool. Another Danbury? Same Danbury. Oh, I see. This is the island where Danbury came from. You turned into Danbury. <laughs> Maybe he uh, completely disregards you, scoops up the coin, and Danbury, a horse you have never heard of, uh, gallops over to you, trots over to you, and uh, leans its snout down, uh, ready to do what you say, assuming you know how to handle a horse. Uh, fuck no, but you know what? We'll have fun trying, and I pocket the silver piece that the man gave me. Uh, I will attempt to mount Danbury and ride towards the Major Lord Keep. Please roll animal handling for me. Okay. Roll for mounting Danbury. (laughs) 11. Okay. Back in the void, we see... (laughs) Leave that in suspense. (laughs) Cult, Jetta, and Locke appear standing in between the three different versions of reality. Having just cast your blindness deafness spell into the crystal cult, you look around and you see the rainy timeline dead ahead of you. Well, well agreed, right? We're going to the rainy timeline. Wait, hold on. Just one second. Yannis is in the wa- rainy you've timeline. Had, you've had your second. I, like, interrupt Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry. No, it's just a little humor. Uh, go ahead, Jenna. Yannis is in the rainy timeline, but her crystal is the sunset timeline? Am I getting this right? Why is that? Shouldn't she, shouldn't Yannis be the rainy timeline crystal then? Or well, I mean, that maybe I don't know. There could be very strange logics to this. I mean, we're dealing with uh, different timelines existing in the same place. Maybe things are a little weird. Okay, fair enough. Let's go. Assuming there is no objection, the three of you proceed, walking up to the two-dimensional image as it morphs into 3D, and you step into the rainy town square as rain falls from the sky and pelts you, running down your hair and your clothes. You gather your bearings, prepared to proceed on with the quests, just as a screaming mave is whipped by you, nearly dragged behind the galloping, neighing Danbury as she has lost complete control of this horse. 
guys. Hey, it's Maeve. I'll see you at the key. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> for me interesting were the were the two Jibba? oh he's busy so were there three people in crystals before was it this new where there's two is that changed sorry uh what was going on <laughs> <laughs>